For years, she'd only seen feet. First, it was gradual, even unnoticeable. And then it was all-consuming. No more eye contact, no more faces, just feet, sandals, and dust. Over time, a world of her own developed down there, and she began identifying people not by their faces, but their feet. Oh, he must have just returned from a long journey. It looks like she cut her feet or her toe on shards of jar. From the looks of it, he must be about six or seven years old. Because of her perspective, she noticed things about people others did not and appears to have gone about her life as normal. Notice, if you will, that she is present at synagogue services when Jesus sees her. And not just sees her, but sees her and perceives her situation and says in the King James Version, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity from thine infirmity. Woman, you are released from your ailment. This infirmity is free to let you go in peace. Curiously, the first thing the woman does once she is made whole is praise God, a sign of a deep-seated trust in the God of her ancestors to be her companion just as that God was companion to her people in enslavement, wilderness wandering, exile, and return. The words we just heard from the Psalms may very well have been on her lips. Bless the eternal one. O my soul and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Or it could have been a simple thank you. Or it could have been a dance and a song not unlike the one Miriam performed just after Israel's release from Egyptian enslavement. Whatever the motive behind her praise, Whatever the content of her praise might have been, her first instinct after receiving deliverance from 18 years of life-altering pain is praise God. Curiously, it is Jesus, not the woman, who initiates this moment of freedom. He called her over, the narrator says and in a moment of tenderness lays his hands upon her, causing her to stand up straight. And then, and then, as always, the naysayer pipes up, the negative person. There are six days on which work ought to be done, this person says. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath. This is a person you don't want at your party. (laughs) If you serve them orange juice, they'll ask for grapefruit juice. If you ask if they want to play Monopoly, 
they only know how to play Uno. If you want to watch Netflix, they're enthusiastic about Hulu. You know this kind of person. They might be sitting next to you. I won't ask you to look at your neighbor. But this person is the killjoy who is more focused on the law than the spirit behind the law. As we discussed in Lent last year, the Ten Commandments, and particularly the commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, are meant as gifts for the common life of the people of God, as gifts, not restrictions. A way of a community or society to be respectful of and gentle with one another of imitating the way of love or imitating God in a way of love, extending all the way back to the beginning of time when after six days of cosmic work, God rests on the seventh. Of using rest and recreation to consciously say, I am more than what I produce. This is the spirit of the Sabbath. This spirit of the Sabbath, of joining God in releasing time from the constraints of imperial demands of productivity like the Israelites were subject to in Egypt, is touched upon by the narrator in Isaiah. Hand in glove with observing the Sabbath is offering food to the hungry and satisfying the needs of the afflicted, of doing justice. Trampling the Sabbath is the pursuit of our own interests over the interests of the common good. And seeing a woman who is in severe pain and saying her healing can wait until tomorrow. Imagine being that nameless woman, able to see people face to face for the first time in 18 years and hearing your healing and this, I mean, this is absurd. Your healing has occurred on the wrong day. From time to time, our rules, rituals, and regiments get in the way of someone else's healing. And then Jesus sees the person in need and not just sees them, but sees them, perceives them, calls them over and says, their rules are just fine, but your healing is my priority. It is Jesus who reminds us that observing the Sabbath is more than showing up at the right place every weekend. It is joining God in setting the world free from whatever keeps the world's eyes on its feet. We Episcopalians love our rules, our regiments, our rituals. They compose an element of the beauty of our liturgical and theological traditions, and rightfully so. But from time to time, we must ready ourselves for Jesus to enter this assembly to enter our lives, to enter this world and see the ones most in need and not just see them, but see 
them, perceive them, and say, woman, thou art loosed from the ravages of sexism. Woman, thou art loosed from oppression. Woman, thou art loosed from the terrorism of white supremacists in Walmart and at historically black churches. Woman, thou art loosed from going to bed hungry. Woman, thou art loosed from whatever keeps your eyes glued to the ground, even on the Sabbath.